welcome everybody to the Sum It Up podcast. This is where we talk about movies, games, shows, whatever we want. I am John, and I'm joined by my good friend Chris, as always. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, I'm a little sleepy today, but I'm going to get through it. Excited to talk about all the interesting news. Uh, Very interesting from company standpoint, mostly. (laughs) Uh, No individuals in this one, but yeah, I'm excited to get down to it, John. Chris, you got to wake up, man. We got stuff to talk about. This is exciting. Oh my gosh. Spider-Man, people losing their jobs, all the good stuff. (laughs) So, so, yeah, we're just all over the place. So, (laughs) Spider-Man. So, the big news that came out recently, uh, and then there's also big news compared to what came out today as of us recording this. So, we're getting a better picture of what Spider-Man 3 is supposed to look like. Um, it was recently announced that Jamie Foxx is returning as as Electro, um, the role that he played in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movie. Um, now he's he's come out and said like he's not going to be the blue version of Electro, but he's going to be a version. Um, so when that was first announced, I thought we're bringing back that exact same version of him. Um, he's going to be the same blue guy, although apparently he died in the, in the second Spider-Man movie, so we don't know what happened with him. But now we have this clarification that he's going basically going to be some kind of multiverse version of that Electro. Um, just mm. some, some other guy from another universe, and that's that part hasn't necessarily been confirmed, but the B-side to the story kind of gives us a better better look of that. So right off the bat, I want to get your thought. What do you think about Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro for this movie? Uh, I generally think this is a bold move, uh, but I think it's a move that a lot of fans of just Spider-Man in general are going to be happy for. We don't see this a lot where it's like, oh, you know, we have our new iteration of a series. Let's bring back an old character. And I'm excited to see this. I think it's a I think it's a positive move. I do think it's bold because people have talked about how bad the spider the amazing spider-man movies are but you know a lot of people said that jamie jamie fox is a great actor but maybe it's the material he was given that made that the character of electro fall flat on its face so i am not holding any skepticism for this one i'm holding just like i'm just i'm just going into it kind of level-headed but i think uh this move doesn't irk me in any way so yeah I think this is good for Spider-Man fans. I don't think this is really bad for anybody. So, yeah, it's a win-win, especially for Sony. And uh, the Marvel partnership seems like they're getting along. Yeah, 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 I, I hope so. And I, I definitely agree with you about the whole, uh, he's a great actor, but doesn't he didn't have a lot of great material to work with um, because part of him becoming Electro was that electricity fixing a gap in his teeth, which is just, it's a weird thing to... F- to like zoom in on and and enhance when you're showing the transformation. Um, But I, I do think that given the right material, he would make a great, um, a great villain. And I I think we're really going to see him shine in this movie. The other interesting part is that we already have this crossover from, um, it from Tobin wire Spider-Man of uh, this newly realized JK Simmons and J. Jameson, um, kind of like an Alex Jones type now, so we have a crossover from the first Spider-Man. Now we have a crossover from the second Spider-Man. Um, there are rumors about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield actually being in this in some kind of role. It, nothing's been confirmed by any means. But do you think, Chris, that we're we're 
turning Spider-Man 3 into a multiverse, like Spider-Verse live action kind of film? I I believe we're heading towards that. And I don't... Oh, man, I got to choose my words carefully here for once. I don't... I don't like that, but I think the only way it's beneficial is we keep on waiting for this stuff to happen. Uh, like we said in the last uh, couple podcasts, that the fact that there's a break in between all this Marvel stuff is a really good sign. And, you know, at least we're not getting bombarded with uh, MCU, MCU, MCU everywhere. So, I mean, that is the the good thing about it, but I also just... The fact that we're going straight into multiverse, I kind of, that's the thing that worries me. It's not, it's not Jamie Foxx. It's the whole like, yeah, we're probably going to get in the multiverse thing. And I just, I don't know. I feel like at that point you get a little bit too crazy when it comes to world building, when you bring in alternate universes, but obviously Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse worked really well, but that was kind of like its own standalone movie. And then Sony said, oh, we're going to make more of these. And I was like okay interesting we'll see how that works and now we're in a marvel which is halfway through whatever giant plan they have after finishing one saga we're going straight into this i don't know it seems a little too ambitious for me and that's what's got me a little bit on edge for it so i don't know what are your thoughts on it see and that's the thing because they left spider-man um far from home where his identity's been revealed it's this big uh big huge shock the world finally knows who this character is um and it seemed like that was going to be the core of of this next movie and yeah it, that's th- what i was expecting too yeah which like kind of why this is kind of like a, a shot and like oh oh i guess okay and see th- see this is this is the problem i wonder if sony's just trying to um trying to just capitalize on every Spider-Man thing that they can now that there's a bit of momentum going. Um, so my, my fear is that it started off as one story and now that they feel more comfortable and have like confirmed these other cameos or other villains, other actors in these roles. Now the rumors are at least starting to spread that it's going to turn into this new multiverse film. I, and the only way I think that can work is if they completely sideline, um, what the consequences of what left off of the last movie and that somehow resets the world to where no one knows who Spider-Man is anymore. But then it's like, you've had this entirely huge reveal and you've, you've done away with it and there's, there's no consequences to that action. Um, so if, if this does turn into a spider or into a multiverse film, I think it might undermine the seriousness and the intensity that the, the second film left off on. And I worry that that's going to uh, cause this whole franchise to kind of lose a bit of steam and confidence in the in the studios, because um, obviously Sony does not have the greatest track record with a third Spider-Man film. And <laughs> well, that's Sony's record, and they are working with Marvel on this one. But I, I, I have the same anxiety as you for this. Exactly, and and the other, I think, like the final peg in this whole multiverse theory. Um, because nothing, like I said, nothing has been confirmed about that. This is all speculation, but I think the final nail in the coffin was that today, as of this recording, it was confirmed that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to come back and cameo as Dr. Strange in the film as some kind of mentor role, like Tony Stark was in the first and, and, um, uh, Nick, uh, oh my gosh, what am I thinking of? Nick Um, Nolte. No, (laughs) 
uh, Nick Fury was in the second movie. So we have this new mentor stepping in uh, to these other shoes that have already been out there. And because this movie is taking place after WandaVision, which has Doctor Strange 2 tie-in, um, now there's the speculation and potential for him to kind of be the tether of all the multiverse stuff and kind of be the guide through um, multiple dimensions. So if if that is the case, do you want him to just kind of be um, like the ca- kind of cameo role that he had in Thor Ragnarok, where it's just he had you had him for one scene, he propelled the story forward, sent them in a new direction, and then stepped back and out of the picture? Or do you want him to be a very active role like Tony Stark was in the first film? Well, oh man, I don't want him to be the next Tony Stark. And with that, I don't want him to take the mentor role, honestly, because I never saw a connection between him and I never saw a connection between Doctor Strange and and Spider-Man and Peter Parker. I never saw that. And even though we get it in a lot of people say like, oh, Infinity War, woo, like they're in it. They're talking to each other. Yeah, I get it. However, there wasn't a lot of exchange there. Great back and forth. It was just like, oh, we're here to save your button. That's it. Um, it was mostly a relationship between Tony Stark and uh, Peter Parker. So bringing Benedict Cumberbatch in, I hope it's more like Thor Ragnarok in the way that Thor and Hulk interacted, not the way that Thor and Doctor Strange did, because that was a very brief cameo. I hope we get a lot of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, but it's the it's the way they form their relationship, because I don't think Peter Parker needs a new mentor, but uh, and I really don't want it to be Doctor Strange, but I don't know what the comics have dictated. I don't know what their world says. It yeah, Doctor Strange and and uh, Spider Man are best friends and woo wee. I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> I it just to me looking at the MCU it doesn't make too much sense unless something huge happens where one of them is saving each other's butt or one of them dies and has to carry some weird mantle, which I don't think that's gonna happen. But I mean, I don't think it's gonna happen like. Spider-Man, Spider-Man just saw Doctor Strange die, and now Spider-Man is the Spider-Man Strange wizard. I don't know. That's not going to happen, but <laughs> I don't know. This multi, this multiverse thing could go in so many ways. I just, it feels kind of, uh, this is going to sound bad. This feels kind of Star Wars-y to me, where it's like, oh, you had a great idea in the in the last movie. His identity has been out there. What's going to happen next? It's like, oh, yeah, we're doing multiverse in the next movie. I'm like, wait, huh? What? It has nothing to do with the last movie? Huh? Yeah. I'm like, I I, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. I wonder how you're going to integrate this with us. Like, we don't know anything about the about his identity so far and all the things that have come out and announced us that Marvel said, like, Spider-Man doing this, Spider-Man doing this. And the rest of us are like, yeah, so how does it connect to the last movie? It's anything about his identity? And they're like, oh, and Doctor Strange is going to be there. Multiverse. Whoa-wee. Yeah. That's that's my thought on it. What about what about you? I mean, there is precedent in the comics where Doctor Strange and Spider-Man have a pretty close relationship because like when you think about it, they're both protecting New York. And and so all of the heroes that are that are focused in New York, um, like Daredevil's involved in that, too. They all have a pretty close relationship because they work very they, they work in close proximity with each other in the comics. Um, now, you're right. Like, I, I think if they were to out of nowhere have 
Doctor Strange being a, like a very close mentorship role, I think it would feel like it was at a left field and that would um, uh, estrange the audience, for lack of a better word. Um, but I, I, my personal hope is that this is just a small one-off cameo. Um, but my, on the other side, I, I think because Dr. Uh, because Benedict Cumberbatch only has a limited number of, or a certain number of films per his contract that he is going to be involved with unless he re-ups down the road. Um, so if they're using one of those films as a cameo for like one scene, it, it just feels like too small of a role for an actor that big to waste one of his X amount of um, cameos that he, or um, movies that he'll be in for the MCU. Um, so from a business perspective, it seems like they would want to maximize um, the efficiency of that cameo or that role that he has, um, which makes me think he's going to be more involved, which I don't want. Um, I want... Oh, really? Because it... The way that it left off, it felt like this was the most vulnerable and open that Spider-Man was going to be, where he's completely exposed to the world, and he's framed for something that he didn't do. And that left it at a really interesting place to where it can focus on him and um, focus on what and who Spider-Man is at, its, at, at his core and how can he recover from this. And I would have loved for it to have been um, a Craven the Hunter, like the last hunt kind of film, where it's, it's Craven mm. tracking him down and and tracking the people closest to him down and it's this really intimate one-on-one -on -one kind of story but it just feels like it's going in the opposite direction of we're going to go as big as we possibly can with as many cameos from people that you recognize and know and it just it feels at least from the speculation people have right now that it's going to be a very different film than i think we initially wanted it to be when the last movie left off um so yeah i i I, the realist in me understands that this is not a creative decision necessarily. It's more of a business one. Um, but now, okay. So now that I'm thinking about it, what do you think, what kind of role do you think COVID had in this? Because obviously studios are hurting for money um, and they're looking for more pull to bring people back into the theaters. So do you think that this is potentially just um, an extra pull from the studio to drag to drag audience members back into theaters to restart that industry. I absolutely think this has nothing to do with COVID. I think it has to do with the Flashpoint. I I think they're like, oh, we're we're gonna bring Michael Keaton back. Take that, Marvel. Marvel's like, shoot, who's the next big A lister we can get? Uh, Jamie Fox, and it's like. Okay, I see what you're trying to do. I don't really believe it. That's my speculation. It's more of like an answer to Flashpoint. Okay. Um, but as far as COVID, if COVID has anything to do with this and they're just trying to get big name actors in so people go to the seats, this movie is doomed from, from the start. You know, you just, I don't think it should ever be operated like that. It almost feels like a, a toy, like a Star Wars toy from the 1980s. Where it's like, oh, there's... A whole aisle of Star Wars toys. This movie came out. Wow, there's a lot of marketing for these toys. Jeez, these toys are everywhere. It's like, oh my gosh, how did George Lucas make all of his money? Toys. So uh, it's to, to me, it's just uh, it seems like a bad taste in the mouth if that's the reason why. But I think it's I think it's more Flashpoint. I, I hope it has nothing to do with COVID uh, because 
I don't know. This just seems like a very stupid motivation to to me. I don't know what your thoughts on it. No, I think, I think you're bringing up an excellent point. Um, yeah. And it, you're right. Like DC seemed to be taking the first real step into a new direction that Marvel hadn't already done and creating their own identity, um, as a, as a franchise, which is introducing the whole concept of a multiverse, which Marvel and DC are both very well versed in. Um, and obviously we already have a spider verse animated film out there. So Marvel has kind of dipped its toes into that concept um, but I, I think, I think WandaVision is going to set up, um, the multiverse. I think the Loki series is going to expand upon it. And I think Dr. Strange two is going to kind of bring it to a head where it's fully realized as what a concept of it is. And, um, then the rest of phase four and five can kind of expand upon that idea that have been introduced in these smaller steps leading up to that. Um, but you're right. I, I think, if anything, I think that makes the most sense for it to be a retaliation um, against DC to kind of meet them where they're where they're going um, and have the same kind of draw for their film, which again, well, it's Marvel stooping to DC's level. That's not a good sign. <laughs> no. And I, I think that DC is rushing the whole concept and I think that their film is going to suffer because of it. And so I think for marvel to just if if that's the case i think for marvel to meet them where they're at um they better come at it with a fully realized well-written idea or it's going to hurt the rest of their franchise and i don't know man maybe maybe this is their way of kind of writing spider-man out of the main mcu and dragging him over to the sonyverse um to kind of introduce the idea of other universes out there and and he's gonna go and and go introduce miles morales in the sony verse and they're going to team up and um fight venom and carnage and i don't know maybe maybe that's the direction they're heading towards where they're trying to write spider-man out of the mcu um so they have to set up a place for him to go eventually um but i i i think i at least i hope that as the film starts production and we get more details about it all that the image of what they want to accomplish will become clearer and less muddled because man i don't know what i'm gonna do if they have a third bad spider-man 3 that ruins the franchise well i i gotta clarify like i think having the multiverse idea in this movie is fine if it's in it for like 10 to 15 minutes like if it's at the tail end of this movie and it ties in a bunch of stuff sure that's great but if it's the main focus of the movie then i'm gonna have some issues as far as what we got set up from the last movie unless they knock it out of the park maybe they will but i just from my mind like you said we're gonna have wandavision and then after that is spider-man and then we're gonna have doctor strange where it will be focused on the multiverse i don't want it to be back to back to back multiverse movies i want it to be hey wandavision setting this up about multiverse and we're watching the spider-man movie you know 20 minutes before the movie ends bam multiverse i'm like whoa that's a shocker, even though we heard about this earlier, but I thought it would be in way more of the movie, and it wasn't. Great, cool. And then we go straight into Doctor Strange. That would be my ideal. I just don't want the whole movie to be about multiverses. 100, 100%. Make it a surprise. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think anything more than um, a cameo at the end 
just like we, like we said, undercuts where they left off and where it felt like they were going. Because Spider-Man is always his has always been a more grounded hero that plays in his sandbox that has local villains with down-to-earth consequences. It's never been about um, multiverse or universe-ending events that he's responsible for saving. Those are for heroes like Doctor Strange, um, like Nova, like the more um, uh, galaxy, like um, Vision. Yeah, like the space-based heroes. Um, whereas he's more like real-world consequences, more relatable, small-scale, um, but still in a in a fun and exciting way. I gotta get my homework over before the whole city burns. <laughs> yeah, it, Spider-Man's very localized, and that's what makes it. Uh, I think probably the most successful i'm gonna be sound real bad probably the most successful superhero franchise in the marvel universe i think that's pretty easy to say yeah most consistent i almost said of all time i was like wait a minute batman nope it's in marvel only well i mean and spider-man has been the most profitable ip um that marvel's ever produced for merchandise um for movies Um, that is definitely true yeah, yeah. I mean, like Stanley has come out and said that, like he is, he is the most important Marvel character in Stanley's eyes for the monetary contributions that he's made, um, and he thinks the most relatable contributions. Um, but let's say that this is a multiverse film, and let's say that it does introduce the Andrew Garfield um, uh, Electro, and in the process introduces the two previous versions of spider-man where all three of them meet up together and they have to work together to solve uh the problem of whatever the plot is um what do you do you think that that it would be exciting or um more of a negative thing to see all three of these actors come together for the first time it would be positive for me in my world if it did happen but also with the previous two, I want the Spider-Man PS4 versions, uh, the the PlayStation, like the video game versions. I want all of those original ones from the PlayStation 2 to come out and play. I want, I want 2018's voiceover actor to be there. I want 2018's uh, Spider-Man to also be there. The person who did the uh, the motion capture, and then I want from the. It's funny you say that from the past week the debate of them having to cast a completely new person to do mocap to match up with uh the vo's voice and so they totally dumping the motion capture from 2018 of that actor for the spider-man video game and getting that guy in there's just so many possibilities john there's so many possibilities of these people who can work together you can get you can get sony could be like hey We've got our franchises with Tobey Maguire, the awkward guy. We got hot Andrew Garfield. We got younger, hotter Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, also British. We've got Yuri, the VO guy. And he, like the Sony exec who's putting this out there is like looking at Yuri and he's just like, doesn't he look like Spider-Man? And they're like, no, his bone structure is a little off. They're like, it's okay. We're going to get this mocap guy to be in it. And then they're going to be like, but he's too old. You're right. In two years, we're going to replace him with somebody else in 2020. And it'll make sense. And they bring up the new guy and it's like, huh? What do you think? And yeah, that's my ideal situation, John. I mean, we 100% believe in this idea that I just said. We might as well then just get like the personal assistant for Tom Holland in there as Spider-Man. 
Exactly. You know, you know, maybe Doctor Doctor Strange's hands are gonna dress up in little uh, uh, fingerettes. I don't know, like with little Spider-Man suits. <laughs> no, I, I think the idea is terrible. Being honest, I'm being so sarcastic in that whole beginning thing. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to see the Tobey Maguire or the Andrew Garfield. And even if you get different actors for it, it's just not the type of cameo you want. Thor Ragnarok did a good cameo with, uh, what was it, uh, Matt Damon as yeah. Loki. I was like, holy, holy shit, it's Matt Damon. Like, he's in a Marvel movie playing an actor of like a play as loki i was like that's that's great if i saw something like that in spider-man i'd be like oh hell yeah but (laughs) yeah don't bring andrew garfield back or someone who's supposed to play andrew garfield it's it's gonna get convoluted and marvel is known marvel stories are known for being not convoluted kind of straightforward and they're easter eggs don't do the dc thing don't do convoluted stories that people can't follow because they're so dumb. Yeah, it feels like it wouldn't be earned if they were to just throw them all in there. That too, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be one thing if they started out and led to that place um, where like, they introduced the idea of the multiverse and then he went and explored it. And then uh, eventually like a film or two down the road was, was actually able to meet up with the other versions of Spider-Man that are out there and... Maybe Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield just had small cameo roles in the background, um, focusing on other versions of Spider-Man like the animated film did. That, I feel like, would be a much more satisfying, like, just just a little tip of the cap. Not even a full, like, we're going to give them speaking lines, really. We're just going to show them on screen, and the fans are going to freak out, and that'll be enough. <laughs> I That feels to me like, um, oh, was it? Was it uh, Home Alone? I don't know. It, it just it's, it feels like like some kid like in a toy. And I'm thinking of Home Alone in this way, is where it's like there's a glass and like between a toy store and like you know, Kevin McAllister. He's looking at another kid. No, it was the it was a hospital scene where he's looking at the hospitals in Home Alone two, and he's looking at all the kids who are sick in the hospital, and he's like, "Man, the bandits are gonna take all their toys, and it's not fair because they're gonna rob the Duncan's toy chest, take all the money they're gonna donate." This is really getting out of control, my explanation here. But I really I really don't want it to be like that, like, campy, like, oh my gosh, it's Andrew Garfield in a wormhole. And Andrew Garfield's like, hey, Peter. And he waves at him. And then Tom Holland waves at Andrew Gar- Garfield. I'm just like, still not still not satisfying. I don't want it to be like that either. Um, but yeah, those are those are just my concrete thoughts on Spider-Man. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think with this. I don't, I hope they didn't watch spider-man i hope sony execs didn't convince uh disney to be like let's just do spider-man into the spider-verse in live action don't don't do that just don't do that you, the spider spider-man into the spider-verse has a unique concept but it's really the art style i think that drew everyone in yes like that that's what made the movie you had a great score you had amazing art direction you had great vo that was incredible don't don't say like great this animated movie did so well we're gonna put it in live action because then you're gonna go do the avatar the last airbender thing and nobody wants that no absolutely not and um yeah i mean so overall what are your thoughts on um 
the the rumors and speculation about the like the casting of Jamie Foxx and Benedict Cumberbatch and the idea of, of potentially having multiverse or just your your general thoughts on Spider-Man 3 before we move on. I'm curious why they said he wouldn't be blue. Honestly, like that was the weirdest thing in the announcement to me where it's just like, but he won't be blue anymore, which I assume it just means like, oh, it's just going to be Jamie Foxx. You know, he's a black actor. Great. But I'm curious. I'm like, is this because of what happened to Genie and Aladdin? I'm just like, is it because they don't want to get the backlash of like, oh, this looks terrible when they had to show Will Smith as blue? And they're like, no, 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 he's he's not blue in the whole movie. He's he's just normal Will Smith. And I'm like, okay, this is the don't 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 follow the internet wave. Like people just going outrageous about all this stuff. I don't care if Will Smith was blue throughout the whole movie. I would have been like, ah, oh, you know, Will Smith is still the best part of this movie. I don't care if he's blue or not. It doesn't bother me. I thought that was a weird choice, but I just like the whole Jamie Foxx is going to be blue. I'm like, was that the issue with the movie? That he was blue? Well, I Is that the problem? I think it was their subtle way of saying it's not going to be that exact version of him um, without having to come out and say he's from a different universe. Keep your eyes out for that. It's not the same Electro, but it's the same actor. He, Sony and and uh, Marvel could have came out, or Disney could have came out and just said, hey, he is blue, but we got rid of all the writers from that movie. They're not going to be anywhere near this project. It would have been like, yeah, clap for you. Great, 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 great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, everyone takes different things. I just, from my takeaway from that announcement, that was the weirdest thing. And I was just like, all right. That's a little weird to make that distinction. But I guess, I I don't know. Maybe there was a part of that fan base that watched those amazing Spider-Mans. It was just like, he's blue. Rah! Like, they lost their minds over it. And I can understand them making the announcement just for those people. But to me, I was just like, are people really bothered by this? I don't know. <laughs> and I might be out of the loop, but I, I saw that as the weirdest part. It's like, he won't be blue. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a little strange thing to focus on if uh, if you really don't have very strong feelings about it one way or the other to begin with. Yeah. Um. So, let's talk about Regal. They are shutting down um they because of uh covid and because uh james bond was delayed until 2021 that was like their last um stronghold of getting any kind of financial revenue to kind of keep them afloat through the end of the year and so because james bond decided to postpone because they wouldn't have a big enough audience now regal felt like that's it that's their last shot Wonder Woman at the end of the year is probably going to get delayed anyways, so there's nothing major left to draw people in. So they are temporarily, quote-unquote, shutting their doors, um, probably until 2021 at some point, when bigger movies start coming out again. Um, but right off the bat, like, what was your first reaction when you saw the headlines for the fact that Regal's shutting down? So to clarify for those who might be listening, it's not shutting down in indefinitely it's shutting down for the foreseeable future yeah um it's just like a it's the same thing as like oh covid's out oh yeah we're shutting down all our stuff it's just it's a temporary but not really temporary close down like they're just it's just for now until whenever they announce something it's not like oh yeah bankruptcy but um which they're just taking hits left and right um my initial reaction was okay i I expected something like this to happen. Uh, 
but this isn't it's it's a smart move for the business it's a smart move for a company but it should send off some alarms for people that like people just aren't going to the movies anymore it isn't it's like we're in a culture change when i wear my mask into into my local supermarket it's like that's the new normal it's no longer like oh my gosh i can't believe we're in a pandemic no we've been in for so long it's like that's just the normal um so movie theaters are not going to be part of the new normal and i think it was a wise decision i do feel really bad for all the employees who are going to get cut but i wasn't really shocked by the announcement i was more shocked that in the same day amc and uh amc and cinemark were like oh no we're not closing down we're we're gonna we're gonna ride the storm and i was just like well that's a very stupid thing to say because probably in three weeks they're gonna be like you know what we are closing down and be like well you guys are idiots (laughs) so to think you could get past this because what is it the speculation that covid is going to be much worse in the winter so i mean we're we're about to find out you know this is all untamed waters and that was the most interesting thing for the announcement was the responses from the competition uh, later that day. Yeah, it, it's almost like they thought that by emphasizing the fact that they would stay open, that somehow all the people hiding in the woodwork would suddenly flock out to their <laughs> theaters because they, they're they choosing to stay open rather than shut their doors like Regal did. Yeah, it, it, like no, no one's no one's gonna feel any better about coming out to an AMC theater than they would a Regal theater. It's it's bigger than that. It's it's the whole pandemic. It's not just convenience of a theater. Yeah, I, I mean, people still are coping with their mental health and like trying to be social and do things. But people people are now starting to find a way to do it in this climate. So it's like, do I need a movie theater? No. Do I want to watch mo- new movies? Hell yeah. And Disney's going to do that with its new Pixar movie. They announced, was it today, that Soul, mm-hmm. that movie is going to get released on Disney Plus in December. That's what the, I don't think it was announced, but that's the speculation that the rumor is that that's what's going to happen, which I think is a huge win for Disney. I just hope they don't charge me $30. And because it's Pixar, I already know it's better than Mulan. Yeah. So. No, <laughs> Soul would be the would be the movie that I thought that they would have opened that whole uh, concept with, because it's more universal. It it it's tra- it transcends I think any kind of like nationality because it's animated because there's no real definitive like cultural tie to it, um, and it's not a re rehash of a prior property. So it's it's a fresh thing. It's it's Pixar like you said. So you have that kind of like name and staple to it. And yeah, kind of like Onward. What Onward did earlier this year was great. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think for them to push for that on a family streaming service with an actual family movie would have been an incredibly smart thing to do. But they kind of got everybody, like left a sour taste in everybody's mouth because what because of what Mulan did. Um, but I, I do think personally that Soul is going to do better being released, if, if it does end up being released on straight to streaming like uh, like Mulan did. I agree with you. I think it's going to do better than Mulan. (laughs) So at what point do you think that Regal uh, is going to say, we're going to open our doors back up? Like, do you think that they're going to try and get ahead of the curve to, to get ahead of their, uh, their competition? Or do you think they're going to wait until other people start going to other theaters before they start really trying to make a move again? Huh? That's a interesting question. Um, it, it's hard 
for me to think that they'll be back in 20... Because, number one, you're closing down your operations. Um, and to bring them back up so quickly is quite the monumental task. Uh, so, I, I heard you briefly talk about Wonder Woman, that you think it's going to get delayed till next to next year. Is that what you gonna say i just want to make sure so i can clarify oh yeah, yeah. What my no next there, is gonna be. i think that there is like a one percent chance that wonder woman is going to actually open around christmas um i don't i mm. in no way feel confident that it's going to stay where it is i think because dc's already moved the rest of their entire lineup like black adam black adam has been pushed back indefinitely um shazam 2 has been pushed back uh all the ba- or the batman movies been pushed back every other one of their properties is pushed back and for whatever reason they're still saying Wonder Woman is going to stay put, but I, I think it might be because they they've already delayed it two or three times now, um, and I, I I wonder if they just feel insecure about doing it again. But <laughs> I, especially with a major theater chain closing its doors, um, and being around the holidays, people if people's wallets are already tight, they're not going to go to a theater to pay for a movie if they've been out of work for all this time. And like you said, like if COVID comes back in, in another big wave and pushes for more shutdowns across the country, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And I I think that it would be an incredibly foolish move because they've already seen what happens with Tenet. So if they try and open Wonder Woman 2 uh, in, at Christmas, I think they're just going to lose a ton of money. Yeah, and with that, I think the, I think the smart thing is to release this movie or to open the theater's after february i think that would be the smart idea is after february is like yeah let's open back up but you know that's how long i think they might just because they got to get ready for ready for um james bond in april 21st i think is the release date for it Mm -hmm. so yeah i i just it's so hard to tell right now like to think that a theater chain is closing down just for a little bit and they're gonna open right back up like are people really gonna be that quick to go to theaters especially with what disney is trying to do and i I just i want it on a streaming service this is the new thing and i know people like to go to the movies i love going to the movies i'll admit that wholeheartedly i would love to go to a theater but not in this and the last thing i want to deal with is like the thing that some people are talking about, which I never had a bad theater experience where someone's talking on their phone or, or like someone's taking a phone call while watching the movie theater. I know people have had those experiences. I've never personally had that experience. People texting and the light is flashing all over. Never had that. Um, call me lucky or whatever you want. But um, I know there are people who have those experiences. So they're going to be like, well, why the hell would I go to a movie theater and just watch it at home? You know, some people are very finicky about how they watch movies. I am too. I don't want anyone talking during my movie unless it's a scary movie because I do not like scares. <laughs> uh, and I will make fun of that movie throughout the whole thing. I don't care who's in there. I do not like it. But for normal movie going experience, like, yeah, I, I would I would like everyone to shut the hell up while I watch this movie. So it makes sense for me to be like, I just want to watch it at home. And just enjoy it, you know? See, so and, and that brings, that's, we've talked about that. Yeah. And and Patty Jenkins actually said in a recent interview that she is concerned that this is going to be the death of movie theaters. And I, part of me slightly agrees with her. I, I definitely don't think that this is going to be the complete end-all, be-all of movie theaters. But 
I think that, um, like you said, like you're, you're sitting here talking about, um, wanting to watch a movie in the comfort of your own home because you don't want people talking. You don't want people, other people affecting the experience. And so, yeah, on behalf of other people, but I do like going to the movies, but in this environment, there's just no way, but see, and that it, it kind of sets like a mental precedent of, of getting used to the comfort of your own home. And so for, for the, for the average movie goer that aren't like hardcore fans of anything, uh, for the most part, um, uh, it, it sets them up to where they get used to watching a movie in their living room and it, that becomes their new normal. So then by the time that a theater comes, uh, comes back and big movies start coming out there, they're so used to not having to pay a ton of extra money, not having to drive anywhere, not having to worry about other people affecting their experiences. So I'm sure that there's a worry that the demand for a theater, like a theatrical experience is going to decline. Um, now there will always be people that crave that, that theatrical experience for the sound, for the visuals, for the feel of it, the whole like sight, look, smell, that whole experience. But <laughs> I, I think for your average Joe, if it's easier for you to sit at home and hit a button and have food delivered to your house, you're going to eat the food in the comfort of your own home. And if you can sit there and click a button on your phone and watch a movie in your own house and save money, I, I think that's going to be really appealing for a lot of people. And I, I could see a struggle to get back into theaters and maybe not even a complete return to where we once were. Yeah. And plus, they don't have kettle corn at movie theaters, so I have more of a reason to watch a movie at, at home. <laughs> I'm one of those. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I know, John, you like your butter popcorn, your movie theater butter popcorn. And I like popcorn, too, at the movie theaters. But honestly... I like kettle corn more than normal movie theater popcorn. I love kettle corn so much. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like, you can customize your experience to how you want it, how it's most comfortable for you. And I think that we're entering that age where people care more about the comfort of an experience and the personalization of it than they do the shared communal experience that people once cherished in these types of environments. I mean, like, it was... It was like a community like okay so i remember there was a there was a theater back in my hometown of chester that it has since closed but it was a big deal even in like the 90s and 2000s to get out go with your friends to to a theater in a small town like that um and to go sharing an experience with people closest to you and and a town of like-minded people for the most part and to just go and be with people and it was such a unifying experience for for a lot of people in that town that um like it was a whole night of it um and maybe that's just the small town of me talking of like it's a big deal to go to a theater but no i i I totally hear you because going to the theater basically replaced what like you know the local barn dance like every friday night like it used to be that and now it's like oh we go to the theater we get to see our friends blah 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 blah. like uh, every generation has a move towards a different community event Mm-hmm. So I told I totally understand. And I think a lot of people would understand that that idea. I mean, you being from a small town, I'm not from a small town, but I lived in a small town and people talked about going to like the local Hardee's um, every Sunday to get breakfast. And it's like the whole town of like, I don't know, 200 people went to this Hardee's like in the morning. I'm like, dang, that's insane. <laughs> I won't do it. But like it, the locals have that tradition. I'm just like, you know, that's their movie theater or barn dance experience. 
I I really do appreciate you comparing a movie theater experience that I had to a barn dance. It just it makes. Yeah, me... I mean, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> no, but I mean, I I I definitely could see a decline in the overall uh, numbers in in theaters. Like I, it makes me wonder if we're ever going to see the box office numbers like we did at Avengers Endgame. Like I don't Ooh. know if we're ever going to see record breaking numbers like that for a long time. Um, and so do you think that I like, what's, what's your take on that? Like, do you think that there's going to be, be a decline in the numbers? Do you think that Patty Jenkins is just kind of like overreacting and she's just pushing for people to feel safe and comfortable. So people will go see her movie in December. What do you think? I absolutely think Patty Jenkins has a point. Uh, I think Regal said, oh, I forget. Not not that Regal said, but the speculation and the rumors is that Regal made this decision because they don't see themselves coming back into the business until for sure there is a vaccine. Yeah. So the movie theater business might not end, but, you know, it might it might be on hold until we get a vaccine for everyone. I think that's a huge possibility that we could come soaring back. But I think you and I, you and I have discussed this before that theaters have to change because we are seeing a trend of Netflix is putting out movies and they're not they're not having to throw them in theaters. You know, the the Irishman is the perfect example. You don't have to go to the theater to watch the Irishman. You watch it at home. It's three and a half hours long. You know, you might think it's a bore fest, but it's a good movie. Uh, uh, what is that? Extraction, the movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Also put out on Netflix that people enjoyed. The movie going experience doesn't. It's not that it has to has to change to meet up with. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it it needs to change. It's, it it does. It's not like oh we want to stay the same. No, you need to change. And it's not for the fact of you know like oh you know you need to compare to the experience that I have at home. You just need to do something either completely different uh, to get me to go to your place. Uh, and we've discussed this before. I don't know. Like the movie theater in where I grew up has always been right next to what's called a boomers. Now, for those who don't know what a boomers is, it's kind of like a Dave and Buster's, but bigger. And it has like go karts and all this other stuff, laser tag. It's like, But it's a big arcade nonetheless. And so right next to the movie theater is this giant other corporate other company destination and it's like oh you could go to boomers for a while then you could like this is what people in this wealthy town would do they'd go to boomers for a for a while with the kids and then they'd go finish off with a movie you know and a lot of other places i think alamo draft house is the famous one in texas where it's like you you can do a bunch of other things besides get a movie like you have a server that brings you pizza like you need to get different because i can watch a movie now at the edge of my fingertips at home yeah so you need to do something different and that's going to cause a lot of chains to fall out small theaters will still have a place i believe but like these theaters that have like oh we've got 20 screens guess what you're gonna have to reduce that to 10 you're gonna have to install uh, an effing bowling alley into one of those theaters <laughs> that aren't being used but that's just uh i think that's the way the business has to evolve otherwise no one's going to show up so let me get your thoughts on this too. We've talked before on here about Amazon um, wanting to buy out a company like AMC. Um, yes. They want to get into the theater business. And so with Regal shutting down indefinitely, do you think that this is an opportunity for a company like Amazon or like 
uh, Netflix, like Sony, to swoop in and quote unquote save the theater business um, with upgrades, with making it more consumer friendly in this like these rare times. Um, do you think that this is Amazon's opportunity to get into buying out a theater? So Sony isn't a big enough company to make the move that Amazon is willing to do. I think the next company that the next two companies that could do it would be Microsoft and Apple. Apple being the one definitely at number two spot, uh, and then Microsoft. Maybe Google, but everything Google touches dies really, <laughs> and that's that's just true. Like Google's like we're doing this, like we're gonna put out Google Glass, and it's like interesting concept doesn't really work. They're like guess what we're cooling killing Google Glass. They did the same same thing with google stadia it gets no support it sucks blah blah blah. anything google touches really dies it's just to be like oh we got to make our our campus employees do something here in silicon valley it's like okay but um yeah i think apple and amazon are the top two that could really do it uh and i i mean i don't think i mean cineworld is the one that owns regal and cineworld owns theaters in the uk and then Regal is their division in the United States with 536 theaters. Uh, so, I mean, I really think that they could probably buy a different company. I don't think Regal is really the best place to start so big. I think uh, I think Cinemark is number three in market share. It goes yeah. AMC, Regal, Cinemark mm -hmm. is number three in market share. And Cinemark's trying to stay open. So... If executives are like, we're trying to stay open, this is we're trying to keep the ship together, and Amazon's like, hey, uh, we'll buy you. If I'm an executive and I'm trying to roll this this company through a, a pandemic, I'm taking that fucking money. <laughs> I'm be like, peace out, here we go. You know, put it in the hands of Amazon or an Apple. Uh, yeah, I think, but I don't think I don't think it would be smart for Amazon to go for number two dog. Maybe number three dog would be better. Uh, but I don't. I. I that's just speculative. I uh, We've talked about it before. I think they could do it, and I hope they improve it like the way they did. They improved uh, as Whole Foods. Yeah. Did you know you could drop off uh, packages at Whole Foods of things that have, like, returns from Amazon? What? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it's not all Whole Foods, but certain Whole Foods locations could be where you get a refund for your Amazon stuff that you ordered. Ah, look at that synergy and corporate monopoly. Corporate monopoly and synergy, and a lot of people will hate on Amazon for a lot of reasons, but they put out good shit. <laughs> it's it's different. It's a different monopoly from like the 1920s. You'd be working in a coal mine, and they give you the monopoly money, and then you go to the 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 cafeteria, and they're just like, "You want a you want an American sloppy Joe?" And you're like, "Sure, give us your monopoly money," and you're like, "Here you go." They're like, okay, now we're going to pay you even more Monopoly money. And over on the other side of the campus of this coal mine is your shanty house with your family. Enjoy. It's like, that's, we're in a different time. We don't have that here. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I, to kind of get back on track there. Um, <laughs> if, if Amazon or some other big company um, were to buy out a theater chain, I I think they would have to do it at a point where they were close to bankruptcy because they were shut down for so long. Um, I don't think it's going to happen right now. And I, I don't think that they're going to buy up a, a chain or a large string of theaters just to maintain them 
and not have any great source of revenue. Um, so if, if we see a move like that, it'll probably be um, spring of next year when things kind of start opening back up slowly. Um, maybe Regal realizes they don't have the capital anymore to uh, put the money back in there that they need. And so they're hurting and they have an offer from Amazon and they swoop in and save the day. Um, I, I don't, I, I think it's going to be a while before we see a move like that. And I'm okay with that. I, I really hope that that doesn't happen and that things just kind of ease back into the way they were. Um, maybe with some upgrades and improvements, but I, I would, it would just hurt my soul to have another giant corporation buy out another huge company. Um, even if things are better in the long run, I just, what if they lower, what if they lower the price of your concessions? I mean, ticket price stays the same, but instead of paying, what is it? Eight or $9 for a large popcorn that I'm talking about a large popcorn, not the small, which is still like seven or six and a half bucks, whatever. What if they change it to large popcorns, $5? You take that? I mean, I, I would, I would do it, but I wouldn't feel good about myself what you you would you would feel dirty i would feel dirty i mean because explain uh because it it just it doesn't feel like um I, like it just feels like they're getting into it just for capitalism and i i just feel like um like I, I as great as i felt about the disney marvel deal and the disney star wars deal and the disney pixar deal the world just keeps getting smaller and smaller and I I'm trying to do my best to stand like to take a step back and not just think about the content they could pump out and the benefits that could have for the consumers right out like immediately, but just think like long term, um, would Regal continue to put out smaller movies and focus on indie films, or would that completely get shut off to the side so they can put out Amazon Prime originals and shove Amazon Prime in my face and and try and keep getting people to re-up on their subscription for that like how would how would that change the climate to have a company that big buy out such a large theater chain and and how would that change the atmosphere the product placement like how would that affect the culture of a movie theater um i it would be it would be nice to have a company like that buy out buy it out for a capitalistic reason like you said of like the concessions are how the theaters make their money so they they can keep paying their people and and keep putting on movies the ticket prices really just go right back to the studios um and just paying for the the like um the distribution fees of the movie itself um so the, you're right like the the concessions would be the one thing they can really control long term um but even with that like it would ju- it would just feel like a gimmick and that they would like Jeff Bezos just going to get even richer. And maybe, maybe it's just a personal thing towards Bezos. Maybe that's what it really is. I mean, there's a lot of people who dislike Jeff Bezos for how much money he has and what his company is doing. But you know, I look at it this way. Hell, would I want to give more money to the ISPs that, you know, kind of soft locked us into this, these shitty, like, uh, data downloads and all this other stuff. We'd rather give money to, a place like Amazon that if I get Amazon Prime, you get Amazon Video, you're allowed to get uh what is it two day delivery with no extra cost yeah. for your for your packages. On top of that, you can give a sub, uh, you can give a subscription uh 
a free subscription to any Twitch gaming. So you have that free option. You don't have to pay. You have to don't have any ads or anything like that. It's and and you go to Whole Foods and you can drop off the shit that don't work from Amazon. You know, I just and, and Whole Foods has drastically improved in its quality as far as like the price you pay for the goods you get. You know, this company does great things, but I'm not here to apologize for Amazon. I'm just trying to say that of the companies to get my money and the way that money is used in the United States, at least, and maybe abroad, they ain't, they ain't like, they ain't making, they aren't like trafficking like sex slaves and, you know, doing terrible things like, you know, embezzling money away. Well, they are technically embezzling tax money. That's a bad thing. I don't want to pay him for it. But like you, so many people take necessary evils with the stuff they, they do that, that they don't realize like Chick-fil-A is delicious. But did you know that they donate a bunch of money towards like this anti-gay cause? It's like, holy crap. You know, uh, you wouldn't believe So it's just like, there's another thing people who like Chick-fil-A, but you know, hate Amazon. You have to deal with that duality. Like there's, there's just, it's all over corporate America. You, you're not going to get away from it. And, you know, John, I, I'm not saying I'm a stronger man than you, but what I'm saying is I'm more scummier. And so <laughs> I'm willing to live with that filth because it's the system we live in today. Hopefully you get strong leaders that can fight it. But I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future. It doesn't, it just, you know, business is going to business. And me as the little guy, there's not much I can do. So, yeah, give me that. Give me that uh, Amazon movie theater experience. Come on, John. $5 for popcorn? Uh, okay, okay. It, that's a big plus. I'll say that. A big plus? That like takes to, that's like 25% of the movie experience like being deducted. And now, what would be crappy, I, um, if I'm a businessman, I'm being like, you want to see the Amazon stuff? Drinks, concessions, all this stuff. It's it's five dollars for like the large drink and the large popcorn. Five dollars across the board. Oh yeah, cool. That's great. Yo, if you want to watch this, I have this uh, independent film. Normal price of nine dollars for a bucket. I'd be like, dang, that sucks. But you'd live with it because guess what? AMC is still charging you nine dollars for that pu- bucket of popcorn. That's <laughs> you. You getting screwed either way, brother. It's just <laughs> you gotta choose where to pick your battles. That's that's fair. Yeah. And so so Regal could go either way. They could just bounce back. Um, Maybe something's going to happen. Maybe they're going to get bought out. Maybe the rest of the theater chains crumble and we only have streaming from now on. We never have theaters again. Um, We are in the darkest timeline. So who knows what really what really is the next step. And hopefully 2021 has a little bit more sunshine and a little little brighter uh, outlook on life than 2020 did um so yeah man like any any final thoughts on what we've talked about before we close out i'm excited to accept my corporate overlords and live in the wally extended universe (laughs) just a just a big piece of protoplasm in a chair just hovering around with popcorn and readily in my left hand and my other hand on a mouse pointing to the videos i want to look at this vr uh live action remake of wally is really unsettling I mean, we're all stuck inside right now. We can't, what, what is this going to be? What is that uh, That Bruce Willis movie where everyone works at home and they work through robots? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's not not Bicentennial, man. That's, uh, That's Robin Williams. Williams. Surrogate. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, like, you know, we're heading towards the... I saw an article about this Japanese robot that is, like, 
in a market like it's a, it's like a small concessions type of uh store and people like the robot is is at a counter and behind it is a shelf of stuff to give customers and it's being controlled by somebody at home and i'm like that's what it's gonna be oh my god we're, we're heading towards it but who's the one picking up the stuff is it another robot or is it gonna be people like what's it gonna be so i don't know it's just something uh interesting to think about i'm just i'm here to be the corporate apologist i'm here to stick it to the corporations just depends you, you never know what kind of chris you're gonna get every day is different <laughs> so right now we have capitalism submissive chris the way the way you put those words together capitalism submissive sounds very dirty uh, i don't i don't like it but because submissive is in the title i'm not going to stop you <laughs> oh what a true beta you are chris uh, thank you thank you tomorrow i'm going to shit on corporations again with the way they treat hollywood women anyways off let's do the send out card <laughs> i can't change character now i'm all in nope yep here it is Thank you guys so much for for listening in. We will be back next week. Chris will be back in the driver's seat. And we will see you guys then. Bye. Bye.